come to uh, Port Nolungi yesterday to our young adults gathering. There was about 17 of them down there, all um, having a great time getting sunburnt. And uh, it was a great joy to see the young adults. Um, not too many churches have a blessing of having, uh, you know, 16 or 17 young adults being just a fraction of their young adults' community. But we're blessed with that today. So keep them in their prayers as they continue their camp. They're coming back for the evening service tonight, um, sometime today. But um, uh, just keep them in the prayers as they uh, hang out together and do a bit of reflection of where God's taking them and what God's doing in them. Why don't you look at the person in front of you, person either side of you, person behind you, if you've got someone behind you, have a look, have a little geezer, smile at them because they're a delightful person, so make sure that you smile at them well. And we're going to pray for those people around us, so uh, let's do that now. Loving God, we thank you that church is not just about us, but it's about those around us as well, that you want to touch them and bless them. And so we pray now, Lord, for the person in front of us, the person either side of us and the people behind us. And we ask, Lord, that you will touch them, Lord, that you will meet them in their time of need, that you will speak a word into the heart that they need to hear, Lord, that they'll be encouraged some way, that, that some of their baggage may be loosened uh, this morning. Lord, bless them with your abundance and with your joy and with your love and with your grace. Lord, because uh, they are a part of our body with us. And so, Lord, shine upon them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're starting a very, uh, very brief two-part series called For the House. And, uh, and I just wanted to do a little bit of a reflection on um, church and what church is for. I love the church. I've, I've loved the church since I became a Christian. Uh, even when I'm not, uh, I'm away from here, I'm finding another gathered community to worship with. I love the gathered people of God. And, and I've been reflecting this week on why I love the church so much. Because some of you might say, well, Barry, you love the church because you're paid to. You could be cynical like that if you wanted to. God bless you. But I loved the church long before God called me into ministry uh, in in this capacity. I loved it because there was a weird and wacky group of people that accepted me as one of their own, that showed me what it was like to have a relationship with God. I, I loved the church from the very beginning because when I met with them and when they started praying for me and with me and as they showed me what it was like to follow Jesus and not have to be perfect but because there were plenty of flawed people in that group there was something about the gathered people of God that I just fell in love with and so to get together um, on Sundays and other times during the week as the gathered people of God does something to my soul it reminds me that it's not the world is just not about me, but it's about others. And people show me through their relationship with God some of the things I need to learn 
as I walk with him. I love the church. And as I've journeyed now for over 30 years in this crazy organisation called the church, this crazy body, I realise that it's far more than that as well. It, it, it is about the transformation of lives. That God has called us on the mission and as it was Roger outlined last week and, and Alyssa at the night service that uh, the Great Commission is really about making disciples. It's about people coming, being accepted for who they were and then, then Jesus transforming them. And I love that. I love that God wants to not leave us where we are but transform us to be more like Jesus. And I even love the fact that it's messy along the way. That we bump into each other and that we can find it difficult to get along at times. But that our, our core goal is about being a centre of transformation. And then as I've read the Bible, as in I've explored God's thing, I realise that a part of the gathered community of God together's job is, is to usher in the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That how we relate to each other and how we love those who are hard to love, how we embrace people is really a reflection of what God's on about in heaven. And that we're meant to be this, this signpost, this light, if you like, that shines in the darkness to show people what it's like to be loved and accepted and renewed. And I love that about the church. Uh, Bill Hybels once said that the local church is the hope of the world. And I believe it. So I just love the church. It's a, it's a place that cultivates and, and disciples people to be more like Jesus. And as I was thinking about the church and as I was thinking about my love for the church and my love for, for getting together and having people's relationship with God bump up to mine, I realised that at times we've got to really refocus on why we are church. Because I know that we're not church because you've got an awesome pastor. Because he's not that awesome, because I know him pretty well. So what is the why? Why are we church? Well, I think why are we church is because of all the things that I love about church. It's hope, it's transformation, it's, it's showing people what Jesus is like. But in this place, the why is... Inviting others, growing lives, and shining Christ. That's our goal. It's up on the wall. It's got to be real. That's our why. Now, we might think about all kinds of things about what church is, but really that is just the Bible passage that you read last Sunday. They said, go into all the world, make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to follow Jesus' way. Go and make 
invite others in, teaching them growing lives and go out and make, shining it wherever you go. That's our why. And, and I think that we, we've got to make sure that we never lose the why or we lose our way. If we lose the why, we lose our way. Um, scripture says that where are people who have no vision, they perish. When they have no why, then they get distracted in their way. And I want to encourage us this morning that our why is centrally important to what we do here. That making disciples, growing people in their relationship with God, helping them to shine the love of Christ out into this world is got to be our central and most focused point of why we gather together. Because when we get this point, everything else makes sense. When we realise that, that we're about inviting others, then we will spend money to upgrade the building so it is more, important, more inviting for other people to come in. We'll get new carpet, we'll get new chairs, we'll chip rock the walls because we want it to be inviting for those people who have yet come into the love and the grace of God. We'll spend money sending people to conferences and we'll send money and we'll, we'll uh, invest in, in uh, things that we call sessions in teaching environments because we want people to grow in their faith. And we will champion what, people are, what God is doing in people's lives so we can help them shine just a little bit further. We've got to make sure that we're central on our why. That, we're, that our why is not just being here and listening, listening to an awesomely handsome middle-aged man proclaim something to you. That's not the why. The why is not whether the chairs are comfortable for you. The why is not whether the, per, the people are living out their faith the way that you would like them to live it out. The why is inviting others, growing lives, shining Christ. Because it, it is not too hard for churches to lose their why. And, and, I, and, I, and I want to encourage us because I don't want us to lose it, but when we start to lose our whys, our whys, then we can get distracted by just about everything. When we lose that, it is about discipling others and bringing people into a relationship with God and helping them to shine the love of Christ out. When we lose that why, then church starts to become about what we want not what's good for the person who is yet to come. When we lose our why, church becomes a social club where we either feel in or out of. When we lose our why, conversations are shallow and people don't really get to know us. When we lose our why then we can be stubborn to change. When we lose our why, we can be happy leaving people stuck. 
because we don't believe that God can transform anymore. And when we lose our why, we can let people continue to behave badly to each other. And so God doesn't want us to lose our why. That he wants people to grow. He wants people to, to be invited in. He wants people to shine his love. We've got to keep that why in front of us all the time. So I know that you're dying. What scripture am I going to use to back this up today? And, and it's a harsh scripture that I'm doing today. And it's not harsh because I want it to be harsh to you. But I think as we unpack it, you'll understand why. And I, put, I, I picked it from the famous book of Haggai. You all know Haggai. You've all read Haggai, haven't you? Haggai is in the Old Testament. Let me put it in a little bit of context. Haggai is written just after the people came back from exile and they've come back to the land of Jerusalem and, uh, and, the, uh, the, and God speaks to them about his temple. So the first book of... Uh, <laughs> there's only two chapters in Haggai, so you really should give it a read. But we're, we're starting in chapter 1 and we're starting in verse 2. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say, it's t- the time has not yet come to rebuild the Lord's house. And then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourself to be living in your panelled houses while his house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You've toiled, but there's been very little to toil, uh, receive from the toil. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expect much, But see, it has turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord? Because of my house, which remains a ruin, which each of you is busy with your own house. Therefore, because of you the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops i call for a drought on the field and the mountains on the grain the new wine the the olive oil and everything else in the ground produces on people and on livestock and on all labor of your hands then zerubbabel i don't know if that's how you pronounce it but that will be which means born in Babylon, 
son of Shetel, Joshua, son of Zodak, Kodak, Zodak, the high priest and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the Lord. And then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Jerusalem, son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Zodak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they they, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. Now, that's quite a harsh word that comes from a prophet saying, God is withholding stuff because you are not building his house. He he comes and lays it right on the world. You're you're happy to build your own house, but my house is staying in ruins. You've lost the why. and, And you've drifted from what is important to what is selfish. You've drifted away from what I've called you to do to what you want to do for yourself. And he's asking them to regather their why because they were in Babylon. They were separate from God. They longed to come home. And when they came home, they set about to rebuild the temple. But every time they went to rebuild the temple, the local armies or the local people next door would see that they're rebuilding the temple and come and attack them. Would come and, 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 and fight them. And so after a while, they just said, well, we're not going to do that. We'll just build our own homes. You can understand that, can't you? You get sick of being attacked. But as I've shared with you in the past, the Old Testament is a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality. Let me say that again because that was a mouthful. The Old Testament is a physical representation of a spiritual reality. And so what's going on here? What God is saying is is that you've allowed your fear and you've allowed yourself to be distracted and you've drifted away from the why. He has called them to be his holy people, to worship him. And yet they leave his temple unbuilt while they build palaces for themselves. They've forgotten the why. And why is the temple important? Well, the temple is where the very presence of God dwells. Why is the temple important? Because that is where people come to get right with God. To have their relationship with God restored, they'd have to come and give sacrifices. And if the temple remained unbuilt, they remained separated from their relationship with God. And God called them to be his people, to be in relationship with him. I wonder how many of us, out of fear, out of distraction, have forgotten our why. That every time we want to make a step, there's something that happens that 
life goes a little bit turmoil and we go, well, maybe I'll do that later. And you never get back to it. Every time you try and build your relationship with God, you get a raid of some kind. Or it's just easier to build your own house than the house of the Lord. And so Haggai comes to them and says, you know what? That dryness that you see in the earth, that dryness that you feel, God's doing that because you've forgotten your why. That dryness that you feel in your soul, could it be because you've forgotten your why? That your whole life is about your relationship with God? Your whole life is about making disciples of yourself and of others? That your whole life is about following Jesus? Could it be that that dryness that you sent sense within you is because you've been distracted from your why? And I love in the Old Testament that God always says, but you know what? If you hear my words and obey them, everything will be restored. And in this passage, the, um, the two guys that I could mispronounce, even though I tried to learn them before the, today's sermon, they heard and they repented and they re-got their why. And I'm wondering as a church whether we need to make sure that we've captured our Why? And every time the scripture repeats itself over and over again, it means that the writer wants you to take notice of it. And, and the words that repeated itself in this is, give careful thought. And so what's God saying to his people? Give careful thought that you're in your why, the why that God wants you to have. Give careful thought so that you can recenter yourself on what is important. Because when we get our why sorted out, then we're open to everything that we sung in that song. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll change whatever you want me to change because it's not about the building. It's not about uh, what I like. It's about whether or not people can experience the love of God and I am following Jesus the way he wants me to. When we get that why, everything else makes sense and so when they re-got their why what did they do they went up into the mountains and they cut down the trees and they brought it down and they got to work about rebuilding the temple and so I was reflecting on that what does it take to rebuild a temple well it takes resources takes energy and time and it takes skill that's what it takes. And so maybe one of the ways that we can reflect on whether or not we're, we're actively engaged in the why that God has for us, we should look at what are we doing with our resources? What are we doing with our energy? And what are we doing with our skills? And are they focused on building the kingdom here? 
Is that a fair reflection? That, that how we're using our resources, how we're using our energy, and how we're using our skills to build the kingdom here was a reflection about whether we are in our why, our why or God's why. Every time uh, we talk about money in church, there are people who get offended. I don't know why. Because when I became a Christian, God just said to me, Barry, give, and I've been doing it ever since. And I, and I give faithfully. Well, when I say I, Kelly does it. Um, and you know what? Sometimes God will speak to Kelly and I and go, I want you to give more to this or to that. And we go, you know what? It's not our money. You've given it to us. Sure. If the church needs something, we'll often look at ourselves and go, should we just buy it? Now, I'm not doing that to puff myself up because there's many of you who do the same. I'm just saying that money does not become an issue when you've got your why. When it's about building up the kingdom here in this place, you're never worried about having a conversation with money because you just know that it's none that your money is yours to begin with. And the same goes with energy. Your time. When you know the why, you'll just give of it. And the same with skill. You'll just see how God has wired you and how God has gifted you and you'll put it to use. But the harsh reality is that in most churches, only 20% of the people get the why. There's a, there's a rule in church leadership. It's called the uh, 2080 rule. It means that 20% of the people do 80% of the work And usually the same 20% of the people give 80% of the finances. And why do only 20% give? Because only 20% get the why. And you know what? That's a great statistic. But I believe that God's bigger than statistics. And I don't think that it's impossible for us all to get the why. To let that seek into our hearts to say, God... Use me, whatever you want to do, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to change, I'm just all in. Because you've got the why. And if you haven't got the why, then you'll complain about talking about money. You might even withhold it because you don't like the, what the church is doing with it. You'll take energy instead of giving energy to the kingdom of God. You'll expect quality from others without giving it yourself. But God wants us to build his kingdom here. In fact, every month we pray it in the Lord's Prayer. 
This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Bring your kingdom from heaven down into earth. Bring our relationship with God and affect the world with it. That's our why. So how are you inviting others, growing lives, shining Christ? Where's your why? Because we want you all on board. What God has for you how to build the kingdom in this place. So check your heart. See whether or not your resources, your energy, or your skill are being used the way that they could be to build this place. This is not about people on seats. This is about transformed lives. And I can tell you that the church council, all it wants to see is transform lives. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you'll help us give careful thought to what you're asking us to do to build your church here in this place. Lord, encourage us that all the things that we love about church, you love about church. And help us, Lord, to continue to remember why you've called us together. And that is to be the light of the world. So come, Lord Jesus, encourage us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.